I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite world cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host for all of tonight's bonkers antics. And with me in the studio this week, answering the call to fill in for Zach Galifianakis, who unfortunately had to cancel due to scheduling conflict, it's very much the poor man's Zach Galifianakis, Tony Kerr. Oh, thanks, Adam. It's not the first time you've had to fill in for Galifianakis, is it? It's becoming an all-too-regular occurrence. Not just in the World Cricket Show, but... Uh, Oh, it's everywhere, like movies. restaurant openings, other things that you might attend, gala dinners, I guess. If you grew a beard, like a proper beard... I would not look anything like him. You probably could get away with Zach Galifianakis. I would not look a jot like him, I don't think. <laughs> Someone come over to Meatloaf today, <laughs> which not... Although I was showing them an old photo of me, which is slightly worrying. When you were... When I was about 21. <laughs> like, oh, you look like Meatloaf. You're about £450. Oh, God. How's it going this week, Tone? Uh, yeah, it's going really well. It's going really week? well. I've been looking forward to seeing you, actually. You had a good week so far? Yeah. Very, uh, just flying, mate. Flying. Tired as well, though. Okay. At the same time. So I'm kind of flying tired. That makes a change. Probably illegal to fly when I'm this tired. Are you in sleep debt? Do you owe a sleep debt? It's a double dip. Well, it's actually what we know Wednesday, so it's a triple dip sleep debt recession <laughs> thing going on here. That's uh, a new buzzword, isn't it? Sleep debt. Sleep debt. That's one of the new buzzwords, along with, like, GIF. GIF. <laughs> or GIF, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, other, and other things that people say on the internet. Yeah, I've heard it all, mate. I've heard Fail. It all. People <laughs> I've heard say it all that, What are they saying on the... Uh, I, you know, I don't want to get right into it, but what are they saying about the fancy cricket? Any buzzwords on that? Do you want to get into it this early? <laughs> I don't know. What else have you got in the intro? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to tell you about my weekend away. Oh, cool. Uh, I went to, went to England this weekend, Tony. I, I don't know if I mentioned to you. You want to know what I did there? <laughs> yeah, go on then. Uh, I went on the Harry Potter studio tour. <laughs> Have you heard of this Harry Potter? It rings some bells. It's about this boy, right? <laughs> and he finds out that he's a wizard. And then he goes to wizard school and it's like a normal school, so but it's for tour? wizards. The tour is like all the film sets from all eight Harry Potter movies. And you sort of go is around. Oh, you like... did? Because you only went away for 24 <laughs> hours. You were only away for one night. We were pro- no, I was away for two nights. Really? Yeah. We were probably. You Saturday, the... didn't you? Yeah, and came back on Monday. <laughs> okay, <cool. laughs> Do you want me to give you like my flight numbers? If you could just forward the uh, forward the confirmations on, that'd be great. In future, anyway. We were probably at the studios for about four and a half hours, but I, I was surprised when they said like, "Oh, the average length of tour is is three to four hours." And I thought like that it's never going to take that long, but then it flew past. But they said the record was eleven and a half hours, which I think is That's scary. Would be quite extraordinary. Are so, you telling me you missed England Australia to? Go on a tour. No, I went, Harry Potter I went oh, on okay. Sunday. Okay. I missed New Zealand, Sri Lanka, to go around the Harry Potter studios. You know, I've watched a fair amount of cricket in my time, uh, and I've not watched all the Harry Potter movies. But comfortably, I can say that the Sri Lanka New Zealand match was more exciting than <laughs> all of the Harry Potter movies put together. 
the highlights did make it seem like quite an exciting game, I have to say. Uh, but I, I was having the time of my <laughs> life going around going like, it's the Gryffindor common room. Is that really the Ministry of Magic? <laughs> Uh, it was pretty. It was actually pretty fun. I mean, I, I you know, I know you don't like Harry Potter. Oh, but no, I think okay, no, you would have actually found it quite interesting. I think because it was a real kind of insight just into how movies are made. Like you know, when you when like the credits roll on a movie and there's hundreds of names that come up and you're like, what could they possibly be doing? Got a bit more of a sense oh, now cool. of, of just how like just the scale of of this thing. The number of like carpenters and electricians and stuff. It, it is ridiculous. Find out all about like the best boy. Yeah, well, I'm a bit harsh on Harry Potter, I think, given that I've not read or watched any of really most of it. I do remember queuing with you one night to get one of the books at about midnight or something. We we queued up at midnight to get, I think it was the sixth book. I never queued up uh, at midnight for anything. So I don't know why I queued up for something I wasn't going to read. Why why were you there? I don't really know. I just thought it would be fun. Just came for the banter. That was dark days. Just came for the banter. Which is, I think, how you live quite a lot of your life, isn't it? <laughs> Just here for the banter. No, we don't use that word anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the buzzwords, Tone. Yeah. It is one of the buzzwords. Would you like to know what's coming up on the show today, Tone? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> well, we've got lots of Champions Trophy chat. I know you want to talk about the Fantasy League, so we'll do that in a second. We're almost a week into the competition now, uh, so there's plenty for us to get our teeth into. Not least the David Warner story, which is dominating... Uh, the headlines. And and then after that, we're going to sort of see what happens. Depends how long we talk about that. We might have a, a quick Ashes update uh, or possibly some side notes. It's a bit of a freewheeling episode. We'll see see where we go. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? It's exciting. Well, I mean, pretty much what you've just said, I guess. Probably not all of what I've just said <laughs> yeah, is my point. Oh, OK, I see what you mean. So, you know, if, you, yeah, if you're waiting for something specific, hang on until the last minute and then be disappointed. <laughs> That's my advice for you. Anyway, let me just uh, draw your attention, listeners, to a text I received from Adam a couple of days ago. Let's just find this for you. It begins, oh dear, what's happening to you in the Fantasy League? Now, I declined to reply to that at the time (laughs) when I was trading you by a number of points. But since then, things have turned around, haven't they? I don't really want to talk about this, Tone. I was hoping (laughs) we could avoid this subject. I mean, I'd like to say for your sake there's a long way to go, but it's the Champions Trophy. It's over and... Yeah, before you even know it. Well, what is there, 10 days to go or something like that? You may have lost it already. So for, for listeners that might not be aware, uh, we are running a World Cricket Show private league on the official uh, ICC Champions Trophy Fantasy League site. And it started off pretty well for me. I was riding quite high at one point. I think I was up to sort of third, fourth. But in, I've had a, such a nightmare in the last few days. Today was abysmal. Uh, in this Australia-New Zealand game, and I, I plummeted down to 11th. Tony was languishing in, where were you, about 13th, 14th, 15th? And it was actually getting quite embarrassing. Uh, but you're up now to 7th. Appro- I've approached it like in England, one day innings, you know, slow, kept wickets in hand, built slowly. Really tedious. Uh, you know, trot is at the crease at the moment for me, kind of metaphorically. Uh, Laying a platform. Morgan's next in. Well, I've approached it like, I don't know, I don't know what you've approached it like. It's all over the place. I've approached it like a side that has got off to a great start and then it's really gone wrong. That's how I've approached it. No, to be fair, you, you know, we are, at least we're in the top, well, I'm in, I'm in the top 10. At least you're kind of there and thereabouts. You said it's really undermining my credibility as the World Cricket Show host. Uh, and I'm a bit worried about that. Should I give you the top five names? Currently leading the way is Andrew Hunter. Yeah, I mean, credit to Andrew. He's done very well. He's had Jadeja. Must have had him as his captain as well. That's a lot of points. Bell as well. Malinga. Yeah, he's made some good picks. He's currently a few hundred points ahead of Armen Nazir in second. Then Terry Rudge is third. 
Rizwan Hussain is fourth and Usman Mahmoud in fifth. Uh, Notice you haven't got as far as seventh there. You've only done the top five. <laughs> Stop at five. <laughs> we can get a six. Toby Marriott is sixth, but I, I won't go any further than that. No need to, I don't think. Um, but yeah, Andrew Hunter uh, leading the way. So he's currently in prime position to win the World Cricket Show mug that is on offer for the winner. I don't know, Tony. I'm finding this fantasy league to be quite a frustrating experience all around. I'm not really enjoying it. I'm just constantly annoyed with myself. Like yesterday, I was just really annoyed that I didn't pick Jadeja because it just seems so obvious in retrospect. It's like, well, clearly he's going to do well. Why didn't I pick him? Who did he pick? Uh, I think I had. I had. I've so far, I've had from India. I've had Umesh Yadav, who's. I've had Yadav from the start. Gone around the park, and then I picked Virat Kohli, and he got no runs. I was so annoyed today, and I'll tell you for why. Firstly, I had Martin Guptill, who got basically no runs. Uh, then I had Shane Watson as my captain, who got basically no runs. Uh, so I think he got, I think he got minus <laughs> ten or something today, which was then doubled because he was my captain. But also, I spent the entire day right when I picked my tea. I I, I made my changes at about uh, eleven thirty last night, like right before <laughs> I was going to go to bed. And this morning, I woke up thinking that I'd pick Mitchell McLennan. <laughs> so I was li- all today when he was taking wickets. What did he get? Four in the end. I was going, oh, this is brilliant. Loads of points for me. And then I checked my team today and realized that what I'd actually done was pick Tim Salvi. He went around the park at six and over for four overs and didn't take a wicket. I was so angry with myself. I've also had what I can only describe as a Gale fail. Uh, I keep picking Chris Gale and making him my captain. Uh, and I'm going to have to keep on doing that because... If he does blitz 150 and I don't have him on my team, I will never forgive myself. <laughs> so I have to pick him. I have to have him as the captain. But it's not really paid off so far. You know, it, fantasy sports do you know does bring something to you know watching like watching games that you're not you know not necessarily caring too much about the result in. But God, is it frustrating? And you know, watching Sharma the other day going into his last over, having conceded 23 or something or 22, and then watching Darren Sammy just smash him all over the place it was just infuriating <laughs> i'd have loved to have seen your face there a massive grin just slowly slipping <laughs> and slipping further and further with each towering six and a, well, so although, a you know, single tear rolls down your cheek champions trophy this is the part of the show where we talk about the champions trophy and the champions trophy is in full swing tone uh, we've had what Six days of competition now, is that right? Was it set? When did it start? Thursday. We have had... This is a good seven, start, isn't it? seventh day, isn't it? Yeah. Seventh day. Uh, this is a very well-informed start <laughs> to, the, to this item. We've had a few days of it. <laughs> uh, well, we're recording this on Wednesday night, um, so uh, I'm sure there'll have been at least one more game played by the time listeners are hearing this. There's been all sorts happening on the field, but it's been a story away from the field that's been dominating the headlines, certainly today. And that is the scuffle, the fracas, the altercation, the argy-bargy, the assault, the handbags, the tiff. Call it what you will, and I will, involving Dave Warner throwing a punch at Joe Root. I'm going to read you this article from a website called Crick Info. Warner dropped after punch at Root. David Warner has been stood down from Australia's Champions Trophy match against New Zealand after what has been called, quote, an unprovoked physical attack on Joe Root in a Birmingham bar in the early hours of Sunday morning. Warner could yet face further sanction, including the possibility of being sent home from the tour, depending on the outcome of a Code of Behaviour hearing. The ECB confirmed in a statement that an altercation between Warner and an England player took place and said it was initiated by Warner. 
They said the player was not responsible for the incident, which happened around 2am following England's 48-run victory at Edgbaston. John Creighton, manager of the Walkabout Bar in Birmingham, said, quote, David Warner and Joe Root were in our VIP area between 1.30am and 2.30am on Sunday morning, along with several other England and Australia team members. None of the group seemed to have been drinking to excess and just seemed to be having a good time. There was a small altercation between Warner and Root. This was dealt with very amicably and quickly by the rest of the group, and both were calmly chatting to each other shortly afterwards. They all left a short while later and a small bar tab was picked up by David Warner. The manager added he did not think Warner's punch connected, although it is understood that some contact was made. He also confirmed that police were not called, although it is believed that was at the behest of Root, who did not want to take the matter further. So that's the gist of the article. Uh, just to add to that, from what I'm hearing, Tone, my sources right, in, okay. in other Twitter. newspapers and on Twitter, is that apparently what happened is that uh, Root and some of the other England lads, Stuart Broad and Chris Wakes, were mucking around uh, p- putting on wigs and silly hats, which sounds like a hell of a time, I have to God. say. And uh, Warner took exception to that for some reason and threw a punch at Root, and it was like a glancing right. blow to his chin. And then immediately Broad stepped in and went, right, time to go home, put his arm around Root and took him back to the hotel. Bleakest uh, Saturday night ever. <laughs> to, you know, you'd think international cricketers just played a, you know, played a, a high-quality, top-level international cricket match. And you end up at 2.30 in the morning and walk about. And walk about. That's, like, yeah. that's pretty depressing. That's an aspect of the story that isn't really being... Uh, so that should be the focus. Focused on as much as it perhaps should be. Also, is it like sad that Warner and the other Australians are in walkabout, an Australian-themed bar? And the England players, what are they doing in walkabout? <laughs> I agree, what are the England players doing there? But the Australians... Rubbing you know, it in a bit. Are they, are they homesick? Are they, I don't know. Do they, when they come in, they, they see the kangaroo on the menu and they just... You know, tears start rolling down their cheeks, or or what? I don't know. Why are they in walkabout? I don't know. Maybe they're maybe walkabout kind of pet, you know want them in there to kind of zhuzh up their image. Well, uh, yeah. In this in this quick info article, there's another quote from that uh, walkabout manager. He says, "We are very familiar with David's face," which I don't know whether that means like from the TV or whether he's there a lot. He frequents the Birmingham walkabout quite often. Yeah. Uh, now that is an interesting angle to the story, isn't it? Well, when listeners saw this story, Tone, I'm sure that their immediate thought would have been, bloody hell, I wonder what Tony Kerr makes of this over at the World Cricket Show. Yeah. Uh, so what are your thoughts? There's not much to make about it, really, is there? Uh, uh, you know, people have been saying, oh, David Waller's got a problem. Uh, it doesn't really sound like he's got a problem. It just sounds like, and they're like oh, you know, he had, he had that Twitter spat. He had this. Uh, I don't know, you know, okay, yes, he's, he's obviously... The list goes on, doesn't it? <laughs> the list is endless. <laughs> and clearly he has... He's more prepared or he's slightly more reckless than most other of the boring kind of international cricketers at the moment, which is fine by me. I've got no problem with it. Yeah, he probably shouldn't be punching Joe Root uh, in walkabout on a Saturday night. I think it's the fact that Joe Root is what people take exception to here. Because he looks about 11, people are like... I'm surprised Joe Root even got in. (laughs) I think people were stunned that he was allowed in. (laughs) Like, yeah, people are just like, like, come on, don't punch Joe Root. Like, Stuart Broad, fair enough, but Joe Root... Yeah, it's, like, it's like punching a puppy or something, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I haven't really, I've, I, mean, I don't know, I haven't really heard Warner speak too much or, uh, you know, I don't know that much about the guy personally, but yeah, I think just get on with it. It's probably stop punching people, but otherwise... Well, that's the thing, isn't just, it? I mean, like, uh, as you say, I'm not sure that there is too much to say about it. Like, it, It's happened. Cl- clearly it was a stupid thing to do, but it's happened and, you know, whatever has happened has happened. The problem is that if this is typical behaviour 
then that needs to be addressed. Like if it's just an isolated thing, people will move on. But you know, there are suggestions that maybe it is part of a, a, a broader pattern with Warner. As you say, people talk about this Twitter spat, which you've got to say is unrelated. But I mean, there are uh, whispers about other other incidents in the dressing room, and so there there is a sense that Warner is kind of developing a bit of a reputation as a as a, as a piece of work. But uh, he's still fairly young, is he? So well, he's what twenty six. He's still he's kind of getting to the point where he should start to be a bit more responsible. He's maybe. to a point where he should really be sorting his life out, Tane, shouldn't he? At twenty six, yeah, am I right? You could say that, but uh, it's not like Australia a sport for sport for choice on the batting front. It, you know, it's going to weep if he doesn't play again in this tournament. Probably, you'd say it takes the edge off them. Yeah, although he's had a miserable run of form in the last few months, he's made nine runs in three innings on this tour so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's a quality player, so obviously. It would weaken them. I, I don't think he will be sent home from the tour. I'd be very surprised if that happens. I think that would be an overreaction if he was sent home. I mean, Ricky Ponting got into a fight in a bar in Australia in 1999. It's um, going back, isn't it? It's going back away. But, you know, he was seen as a bit of a tear away when he was younger. And at that point, he did sort of seek help for uh, an alcohol problem. And it was dealt with. And he kind of never looked back from that point. So... I'm not saying that Warner needs to to seek help, but I it's but what I'm saying is it is it's not going to be like a career defining thing. Like people will forget. As I say, it's just if it's if it's part of a, a wider thing, then then that might be an issue. But just taken in isolation, I think people shouldn't overreact to this. I mean, does it, it does it maybe raise some questions about whether players should be going out drinking at all during tournaments? I mean, we all remember the Fredolo thing, don't we? <laughs> Hashtag Fredolo. Yeah, it is. Uh, on one side, you should you could say look, they're paid very well uh, and are in a very fortunate position to play cricket for England. Great lifestyle, great job. You know, it's a 10-day tournament or something, isn't it? It's like a 12-day yeah. event. They could probably go without a night out. But then the flip side is, you know, you hear stories about players like Botham and stuff who probably played better with you know, with a certain level of kind of <laughs> like tonic in them, so I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, yeah, those days are long gone, though, aren't they? But I think for for the England players, like apparently, you know, for players like Root and Broad, when, when they'd had the Test series against New Zealand, the One Day series against New Zealand, then the game against Australia, this was their first night off for a month or so. So yeah, I mean, there's got to be some element of yeah. of being able to relax. And I think, but like where players enjoy themselves comes, you know, they're only paid. Uh, players are only paid what they are because people go and watch games and people watch cricket on television. Uh, you know, if and it hasn't happened at all. If performances were to drop and uh, you know someone wasn't producing the goods or cricket suddenly didn't wasn't entertaining because all the players were out uh, on the lash the whole time, you know, people would tune out and stop watching. So they'd either clean up their act or. They wouldn't get paid, you know. Yeah, that's real long term. Exactly. Though, so it? at the moment, I don't. I've got no real problem with it, and it does provide the odd entertaining. I think the Fredley thing is largely entertaining. It's one it? of the more memorable things in the last yeah. ten years, but it's kind of uh, taken some of the sheen off Andrew Flintoff's career, though, hasn't it? Because <laughs> that's kind of what people remember, uh, which is a shame, I think. Yeah, as you say, like it's maybe more understandable in the World Cup, which goes on for about four months, but in a twelve-day tournament, perhaps they could refrain from going to walk about at <laughs> yeah, 2 yeah. 30 in the morning that that's the aspect that i find most depressing but turning to the cricket anyway which teams have impressed you so far in this to- in this tournament it's maybe worth pointing out that none of the four picks that i made on last week's show for the semi-finals have yet lost the game except to each other west indies lost to india but other than that they've all 
won every game. That's not as true of your picks, is it? No, I've had a slightly different time of it with that, but I did say it was very open. So you know, <laughs> I remember picking, you saying that, actually. Yeah. I remember you saying that. By picking four, you know, it was just four. It was any four from eight, really. For well, me. well, one of them is definitely out. That's Pakistan. Yeah, so. that's a, and that's a so shame. You've, you've, uh, you've made a cock up there, haven't you? And it's a shame for the tournament because I was really looking forward to India-Pakistan on Saturday. And if it now there's nothing... <laughs> Not so much riding on it, or nothing riding on it. It is a bit of a shame that because I mean it's it's the real kind of box office clash of the group stage, isn't it? And it has obviously lost some of its luster. I mean, it will still be a big game. Both teams will still really want to win it, but you know, with India through and Pakistan out, it's undoubtedly less charged than it might otherwise be. And it was two very meek displays from Pakistan against West Indies and against South Africa. Batting wise, they just didn't get going at all. And it has been disappointing, I think, although I can't say I've necessarily been that surprised with how they played. I mean, ahead of the tournament, some people had them down as favourites. You had them down to get to the semi-finals, but yeah, some people had them as, as out-and-out favourites. And I found that kind of baffling. Uh, if you look at their you recent... You did say that at the time, though, did you? I did say that at the time. I said last week that uh, <laughs> I didn't think they'd get through. I mean, if you look at their recent form, they laboured to beat Ireland. Uh, and their squad, if you look at it, just isn't that strong at the moment, I don't think. Their, their batting just lacks firepower. Um, so I wasn't too surprised to see them go out. But it is clearly a disappointing thing for, for the tournament because when Pakistan do well in global events, it tends to make those global events better. It was close-ish, wasn't it, against West Indies? They they kind of made a game of it. But yeah, South Africa, the, the batting just never wasn't there at all. Uh, and it is, yeah, it is a bit of a shame, but there we go. I mean, if we if we take a look at the the points tables, uh, as I say, this is Wednesday night after the New Zealand Australia game was abandoned. Uh, Group A is led by New Zealand. Their one win and one no result puts them on three points. Then England, who have one win from one, on two points. Then Australia, one point from two games in third. Sri Lanka lost their only game, so they're currently bottom, but with two to play. Uh, Group B is led by India, who are through with two wins from two. And then South Africa and West Indies are in second and third. They've won one and lost one apiece. Pakistan, as I say, are out. So that South Africa-West Indies clash in Cardiff on Friday is effectively a quarterfinal. It's a knockout game there. Winner takes all. Maybe we could talk about England first of all, though, Tone. And they racked up a comprehensive win over Australia on Saturday, uh, which, as we say, was celebrated in some style by the England players at walkabout. It was in Birmingham and England batting first made 269 for six. Ian Bell with 90. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You won, uh, and some handy contributions from Jonathan Trot 43 and 46 not out from that man Ravi Bapara, who I've always 
rated. Australia, in response, fell 48 runs short, 221 for nine. Some terrific bowling from England. Jimmy Anderson, three for 30. Uh, Tim Breslin, two for 45. Stuart Broad, one for 35. Uh, So that was a very convincing win. Now, we're recording this podcast on the eve of England's match with Sri Lanka, so it's very possible that most of the things that we say now will be irrelevant by the time this episode comes out. Uh, But what the hell? Let's press ahead. Despite that victory, England took quite a bit of flack for the way that they batted against Australia. It seemed like all the pundits on Sky, at any rate, agreed that uh, they could have got more runs than they did, that they didn't play at a quick enough tempo. And it does seem to be a a recurring conversation with this England one-day team. People are always having a go at Jonathan Trott in particular, um, but also at Cook and Bell. You know, that is the top three, Cook, Bell, Trott. And it it can sometimes feel quite slow-paced. England say that's the strategy to uh, to take it slowly at the beginning to lay the platform for the big hitters later on but a lot of pundits think that that can be uh, too one-dimensional what's your feeling at this point so yeah I mean okay they won the match so that's the first thing to note job done and it's it is hard to criticize in a position we are now looking back on it a few days after it's, it's, it's pretty hard to criticize the likes of Trot who is getting bags of runs in this format isn't he but at the time when you're watching it, it's incredibly frustrating. It is very annoying to watch. Uh, yeah, I think that the, the theory is right. I think, yeah, definitely build a platform. Uh, but, you know, you've got to be a bit more flexible if the, runs are, if the runs are there, if the wicket allows it, then maybe there's not that flexibility at the moment at the top of the order with Cook, Bell, Trot to go after the match early. Yeah, I suppose you feel if the, the pitch is more suited to kind of power play hitting at the top, that England aren't uh, well positioned to take advantage of that. And the problem with this plan is that you only know whether it works at the very end. Whereas if you try and smash it around at the start, if that goes wrong, you can rebuild. If you bat really slowly to begin with in the hope that you'll accelerate at the end, if you fail to accelerate at the end, there's no way you can go. Like, it's, it's, it's all over. It's quite a risky strategy because there's no margin for error. But I don't know, I've, I, I do find it quite frustrating. I mean, the, the reaction, I mean. Like the way that uh, Botham and Knight and Warren were talking at the halfway stage of that game, it was as if England had got 210, not 270. Yeah, like, and I mean... We, Botham we... was just shaking his head in disgust. <laughs> it's like, 270 is a very competitive ODI score. You're not going to defend it every time, but you'd back yourself to defend it more often than not. Yeah, and it would have won every match apart from the first one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, generally it has been quite a low-scoring tournament so far. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the second highest first-inning score so far. And England also have, you know, maybe the best bowling attack in the competition. So they're going to feel that if they get 270 in every game, they'll be confident that they're going to defend it. They might not do, but they'll, they'll feel that they're good enough to defend it. So I don't think you can really be too disappointed with 270 as a total. And it's all very well to say that England should bat with more urgency up top. But if they tried to do that and played rash shots and threw their wickets away and got skittled for 200, the likes of both of them would be queuing up to have a go at them for that as well. I think you could say that what England are doing is playing to their strengths. Like, they've got three top-quality test-match batsmen in Cook, Bell and Trot. They've got some excellent hitters lower down. If you if you just look at that team on paper, that's the way that they should play. Yeah, and I, I you know I don't think it's kind of beyond the bounds of possibility that Bell will play you know a runnable plus innings you know and a high score. You know he, he is the kind of batsman that can do that. Same with Cook. You know Trot is probably the only one there. He does seem to be very consistent. He's always there and thereabouts. Eighty is a straight rate, isn't he? And he, you know he's going to get runs, so that's fine. It's just when when Cook and Bell also play slightly conservatively, 
that you kind of maybe can see the frustrations starting to arise. I agree with you that when you're watching it, it can be very frustrating, but it's it's hard to argue with the results, I would say. You know, I'm not saying that the approach is perfect. I think sometimes they can be a bit inflexible just with the batting order. Like, I, I, I often think that they should be prepared to bring Owen Morgan in a little bit earlier, maybe, like, push him up to four or even three if that's the game situation. But I do think that the, the kind of storm of criticism that was kicked up by that batting display is misplaced, or at the very least, hasty, for, for both them and Knight to be kind of having kittens over over how slow paced it was when they made 270 and won the game by 48 runs you know it's it's hard to say that they weren't vindicated there the England team so anyway England have certainly given themselves a, a good chance of getting out of this group with that win over Australia what what did you make of the Aussies in in that game uh, and in this game against New Zealand today which obviously wasn't completed you know we expected them to be the weakest team on display in this tournament has that been borne out? I mean, they, they seem to be doing all right against New Zealand. Uh, what did they make today? They got a 243 today. 243 for eight, and New Zealand were 51 for two after 15. So New Zealand were behind the Duckworth Lewis, but obviously there was a, a long way to go in that game. I think they were pretty disappointing against England in the end. They didn't make a great, great go of the chase, did they? Uh, although, like you say, good bowling attacking, and so it's always going to be hard work, but. Not a great start to the the matchup, the England Australia matchup for the summer. It's looking pretty good for England's perspective. Yeah, and and this this no result doesn't help Australia either. It's going to be difficult for them to qualify now. Um, I've been impressed by James Faulkner from what I've seen of him in these two games. Warren raves about him, uh, and generally you have to take what Warren says about young Australian cricketers with several pinches of salt. But but I do think he looks a player. But just, yeah, that performance against England, they, they, they do just look a little bit lightweight in all departments. India have certainly been the most impressive side. Two wins from two and two very comfortable wins over two of the tournament favourites in South Africa and West Indies. You called it last week, Tone, Shikhar Dewan. He's the man to watch. A century in each game. Very much a case of Verinda Hu at this point. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's been magnificent to watch. Very good. I mean, and the Indians have... have been by a distance most impressive I mean, there's only two games some teams have only played once so you know England could well go out and, uh, and play very well tomorrow but yeah you'd have to say it looks pretty strong Rohit Sharma as well batted really well and then Kartik's in great form uh, he's got lots of runs and then you've got Dhoni Rayner I mean batting wise they're pretty set yeah you'd worry maybe slightly about the bowling but it hasn't troubled them so far so. well and when you've got Ravindra Jadeja in your team should you really be worried about your bowling attack? I mean, five wickets against West Indies. And he's just having an astonishing year with the ball in particular. I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't know what he has for breakfast. But whatever it is, I want some. Uh, although I hope that the answer is Rice Krispies because I refuse to have anything else for breakfast. So. <laughs> um, it's still a surprise that Jadeja's bowling is so effective, though, isn't it? Because when you watch him, he doesn't look like a particularly threatening bowler. But he just keeps on getting good batsmen out. He's had more success against Michael Clark than anyone. At the moment, you'd say one of the, the finest all-rounders in the world. I mean, England would do anything to have, yeah. have an all-rounder of that quality at the moment. 47 from 29 balls in the, uh, in the game against South Africa as well. It's Flintoff-esque. Very effective, very I mean, effective. He's not, he's not a, a Flintoff-type player, but you know, in terms of uh, uh, effectiveness, as you say, I mean, that's, that's astonishing stuff. And he's been nowhere near my fantasy team <laughs> as yet. I really don't know why late? I haven't picked him. Is it him. too late? It's absurd that I didn't pick him. So after a week of competition then, Tone, what's your feeling? Are you sensing a winner as yet? I mean, is it, is it hard to look beyond India? I was going to say, I was, 
I was thinking, like, yeah, I've got a sneaking feeling that the <laughs> final might be between India and England, who are the only two teams who haven't lost, lost. yet. Yeah, I mean... It, Actually, New Zealand haven't lost either. India have got a long way to... India look strong, obviously. It's, it is very difficult to pick a winner, though, still. I, I, wouldn't like to, I wouldn't like to pick yet. It's too early. Ask me next week. Is it the final next week? <laughs> I was going to say, ask you next week. Well, no, it'll be probably semi-finals next time we record. I'll tweet my winner tomorrow. I'm tweeting now, Adam. These days, semi-regularly. You're... I think five, maybe, in the last seven days. Wow. Five tweets. Is that more than me? There's more tweets than you. Yeah. Yeah, it could well be. And I'll try and keep it up as well. I need to get back on that Twitter. I haven't, I haven't been on that Twitter very much lately. I'm looking for new followers, as always. <laughs> Tony Kaver. In the market for new followers, <laughs> at Tony Kaver. Watching the Australia-New Zealand match today. Big, big rain delay. Well, terminal rain delay in the end. Uh, but it was a fantastic passage of punditry involving Colville, Allerton, Knight, which was uh, which had me in stitches. Uh, you'd have enjoyed it. That's a great trio. <laughs> it's a great away. trio. You're looking at your phone, have you written it down? No, I've not written it down. Yeah, so obviously they were a bit short of material. Uh, <laughs> didn't have much prepared. So <laughs> Col- sounds, like, sounds like this trio. <laughs> a lot of it reminded me of this show, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, Colville was like, oh, yeah. I'll tell you what we're going to do now, lads. Uh, we're going to try and pick a composite 11 from the performances we've seen in the tournament so far. And he's like, do you understand the brief then there, uh, there Nick? And like, Knight looks really puzzled. Uh, and he like paused for a minute. He's like, so hang on, are we, so are we just doing it on performances or are we doing it on ability? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, Nick, performances we've seen in the tournament. I don't know if it had been set up for into our set. But then they proceeded just to pick. Like, so they were asked for, uh, Knight and Allah were asked by Culver for the, for the openers. And it was like, Gail's in there. I want Gail in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can just take a match away at any moment. It could, I was just like, ah! God. Performances in the tournament, boys. Why, didn't, why did they not phone me? Are they not listening to the show? Well, exactly. And then there's a great... I, I vined it for you, for the benefit of the listeners, I don't know if you watch this. There's a great moment where Knight just turns to the camera and goes... <sighs> just looks... Have you watched it? <laughs> Look straight down it. It's brilliant. But it did make me think that uh, you are kind of a kind of a cross between Colville and Knight in many ways. <laughs> like looks, uh, don't say looks. <laughs> you got a touch of the Colvilles about you. <laughs> <laughs> he's going grey. Well, don't know if he's going grey, but yeah. So it, yeah, it was it was very. I felt very kind of homely watching it. <laughs> the side notes now, on which we discuss some of the more offbeat stories of the cricketing week. What I've done, Tony, is I've found a couple of articles on the internet. This first one comes from BBC Sport. Matthew Fisher, Yorkshire 15-year-old, breaks 91-year-old record. A teenager from York has broken a 91-year-old record to become the youngest cricketer to play in a competitive county game. Seamer Matthew Fisher, at the age of 15 years and 212 days, appeared for Yorkshire in a YB40 match and broke the previous mark held by Glamorgan's Royston Gabe Jones by 62 days. Fisher was allowed to postpone his GCSE French oral exam in order to play. It was a great experience with crowd behind me, he said. The teachers were here and wished me luck, so I was grateful for that. I was supposed to do an exam, but thankfully I contacted teacher and he told me I could reschedule it for another day. I was gutted about that, as you can imagine. I'm not sure when exam will be yet, but hopefully I'll have some time to prepare. Fisher took one for 40 in seven overs during Yorkshire's three-wicket defeat by Leicestershire. The teenager had impressed with figures of six for 25 in a second 11 match against Leicester last week. Second 11 coach Paul Farbrace said, I coached Tim Bresnan when he was in the England under-15 side as a 14-year-old. 
and I would say that Matthew is a better bowler than Brezzy at the same stage. There you go, Tone. Matthew Fisher, arguably further forward in his cricket career than we were at the age of 15, would you say? Yeah, that's pretty fair to say. That. It's quite an impression of him. I've heard him speak and he's got a ridiculously deep voice. Oh, really? 15-year-old, yeah. Uh, like, ludicrous. Hang on, this is trying to find it. There's a video of him on this article. I'll, hang on, I'll play it. Is this him? <laughs> no, he's, he's got a ridiculous voice. Hang on, I've got to wait six seconds before... <laughs> This advert's over. Three seconds, two seconds. Here we go. Great, great experience and having the crowd behind you here at Scarborough's just... Quite an impression, actually, you did there. <laughs> well, un, unwittingly. That's Scarborough. Talk us through the wicket. I was just like, talk us through the wicket. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it was good, yeah. It was a nice little, uh, nice little track there for a pair down there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Planet Scarborough. Yeah. <laughs> and one of my oh, favourite. Like Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> so Matthew, you should be doing your GCSE for <laughs> rural. Yeah, well, luckily I can delay that. <laughs> one of my favourite things is when you expect someone to have a deep voice and they have the opposite, or the other way around. Like yeah. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, famously baby-faced, really deep voice. And I think we've talked about how Chris Gale, he's the coolest man in the world, uh, does have quite a deep voice, but his laugh is ridiculous so if you find something funny he'll just suddenly go ha ha ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really good it's really funny <laughs> it's like Chris what an innings yeah oh thanks very much yeah. <laughs> I got one more side note for you Tane and Let's this comes cool. from uh, The Guardian David Gower describes Australia as quote a country with no culture former England captain stokes fire ahead of ashes summer Former England captain David Gower has stoked the fire ahead of this <laughs> summer's ashes. <laughs> Thanks, sort of just re restating the uh, subheading there. Former England captain David Gower stoked the fire ahead of this summer's ashes by describing Australia as a country with no culture and their cricketers of having, quote, an animal mentality. Gower's comments come ahead of a busy fixture list between the two old rivals, which began with a Champions Trophy clash at Edgepreston and continues with five tests two T20 internationals and five more one-day internationals in the coming months. The two nations then do battle again on Australian soil from November to February. Asked if England's long-standing rivalry with Australia was a clash of cultures, Gower told the Radio Times, quote, I'm tempted to say, how can you have a clash of cultures when you're playing against a country with no culture? That would almost be sledging. Gower, who played 117 tests for England from 1978 to 1992 and captained his side to victory in the 1985 Ashes series, continued on the subject of sludging by saying, quote, If you're on the boundary, you have to be very, very thick-skinned because the Aussie crowd will try you with absolutely anything. The trouble is, if they've had ten cans of lager, their ability to come up with something akin to Oscar Wilde diminishes. A lot of it, therefore, tends to be very stereotypical. But it's feral. If they sense weakness, they'll come at you. It's the same with sledging on the field. There's a certain animal mentality. And if they sense a bit of weakness, they'll try it on more. So he didn't say it, he just said he'd be tempted to say it. It's a good tactic. Tempted to say what? That they have... What does he say? He's like, he's like uh, talk about clash of cultures, you know. I'd be tempted to say they haven't got a culture. Yeah, so, so he's not saying he's it. He's not saying it, yeah. He's just tempted That's to. That's a good rhetorical device, yeah. that, isn't it? You know, I, I could say this. Yeah. yeah. That's certainly something I could say. As if the fire needed any more stoking. It's been stoked up, hasn't it? We're stoking it up. We're stoking it. Any chance David we Warner's get. David Warner's certainly staking it. David Warner's staking it. We're staking it. Gower's staking it. <laughs> Joe Root's staking it. Everyone's staking it, too. Yeah. Staking it. Staking it right up. <laughs> right. 
I've got to get a bed out of me. Oh, God. Can you see me getting more tired? It's good to have you switched on. Much like Michael Gove's sweeping reforms to the GCSE exam system, this episode of the World Cricket Show is proving to be deeply unpopular with teachers all over Britain. (laughs) We're a distraction to students, you see. This time of year, the last thing you need is this. Exactly, yeah, the students just listening to this. This and Snooker. Snooker used to do me. Just got me and you in their ears when they should be, you know, revising physics. When they finished exams by now, they... No, Tane, come on. They're all revising at the moment on study leave. You're out of touch, man. June, though, isn't it? You're I thought out of touch they did it in May. Kids. Well, they start in May. Okay. They carry on through June. Six weeks of misery. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad I don't do exams <laughs> anymore. If you're listening to this and you're in the middle of exams, sucks for you. Well, it'd be all right, though. Just keep listening. It gets better. But anyway, yeah, as we're so unpopular with teachers, it is time to bring this episode to an end. Have you enjoyed this one, Tane? That's another person you slightly remind me of, is Michael Gove. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking out. I'm not having that. See you later, mate. <laughs> there he goes. Govey, that's, that's what I'll call him from now on. Govey or Colville. <laughs> Michael Gove. Come on. Right, anyway, finish the pod. <laughs> I'm actually quite upset by that, to be honest. Well, he shouldn't be. He's quite eloquent. <laughs> He's all right. I'm not, I'm not, you know, you say physically, uh, physical appearance. Kind of. This is one of those things where people are like, God, that Michael Gove is so, he's just such a weird looking guy, isn't he? <laughs> Actually, Adam, you look quite a bit like Michael Gove. <laughs> no, you don't, I mean, you're not the spit, but it's just, you know, you, you'd be in the wagon wheel, I think. Gove, <laughs> Colville, Knight. Uh, I don't know who else would kind of fit in there. Well, it's also, it's a running joke amongst <laughs> our friends that I look like Michael Atherton. We got an email from Welcome Show listeners saying like, God, Michael Atherton's really weird looking, isn't he? It's like, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, anyway, have you enjoyed this one, Tone, even though you're so desperate to go to bed? I'm not that tired, but I've had a good time. Another one in the bag. I enjoyed it. Another one in the bag. Another, one, another step in the ladder to something. We did it, Tone. We pulled it off. I feel like it's one of those Mario like beanstalk things where you, keep, you have to hop on a leaf, but you don't know how tall the beanstalk is. And every episode, we're just jumping up another leaf. That's a reference that very few people will get. Yeah. A reference to the minigame Leaf Leap <laughs> in Mario Party 5. <laughs> oh, several, I think we're both quite game. tired this week, aren't we? Yeah. What's the plan for this weekend, Tane? What's on the uh, runway? You're not away, are you? So, I don't know, let's, let's, let's do some stuff. Yeah, let's, 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 let's hang have, out. Let's have some fun together, let's hang out. We never hang out anymore. We don't hang out anymore. We only really do this together, don't yeah, we? Yeah, it's a bit depressing, isn't it? <laughs> it's a breaking point in our friendship. Uh, I don't know what the plan is. The sun's going to be out, so make the most of that. India, Pakistan will be on the TV, but you'll be at work, so... Maybe I'll have to watch that. Yeah. I think that's the issue, is that because you work on Saturday, you, you know, I don't see you on Saturday anymore, do I? No. And then on Sunday, I'm hungover, so I don't see you then. <laughs> so it's basically, yeah. It's sad this or nothing, affairs. really, yeah. isn't it? Uh, well, anyway, we'll be back next week, uh, probably just before the semi-finals, to talk about those. Uh, but between now and then, if you want to get more involved in the World Cricket Show, there are a number of ways that you can do that. Perhaps you'd like to check out our online website, www 3 Ws. All the W's. All of them. All three. www.cricketshow.net You can purchase a World Cricket Show t-shirt on there for just £15, uh, including free shipping to anywhere in the world. You can listen to the show on that website as well, and you can also download the theme song for free. If you're up for liking us on Facebook, then that would be pretty much the best thing ever. Facebook.com slash cricketshow is where you need to go. We're actually closing in on 6,000 likes on Facebook. Do you think we should... 
We do don't really count, we don't really post anything on Facebook, though, do we? Well, we post things occasionally. We post photos yeah. and videos and stuff. Should we do something for the six thousandth like Yeah. I don't know what. Maybe we'll give something away. Yeah, let's do a giveaway. Let's do one of those annoying share and gives or whatever. Like and share. Share and give. I don't know what you call it. I don't know. I don't know what we give away either. Social media. It's another buzzword, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's losing it. Sleep debt, gift. Sleep debt. Social media. Social networking. Right, have come you, on. We've been buzzwords all night here, mate. Have you heard of the film The Social Network? I've briefly recalled. That film is about Facebook. Another social network is Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter, at Cricket Show. Uh, you can follow Tony's insatiable tweets, at Tony Cover, T-O-N-Y-C-V-R-R. Uh, send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. Uh, and one thing that you might like to do is uh, write a review for us on iTunes. If you enjoy the show, uh, then maybe you could think about doing that. Because, you know, we give these away for free, after all, time, don't we? So, you know... For the moment. <laughs> well, don't reveal our plans <laughs> to charge £25 an episode. But, yeah, that's that's pretty much the only thing we ask for in return, isn't it? Is it, is it it's an it. iTunes review? It's pat on the back. So thanks to everyone that has done that. But that's it for this week. Stay in school, boys and girls. Go home and get some sleep, Tone. Uh, and I'll see you next week for another episode, and not before. Hopefully not. Well, let's let's watch some cricket, mate. <laughs> yeah. Let's watch some cricket together. That'd be adorable. Yeah, be fun. How adorable would that be? Some gags as we do it. Right. Cool. See it. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 